Hello and welcome to ROE 17 Pod. My name is Mark Jontry and I am the Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. On today's pod, our guests are Jim Drangwitz and Stephen Mintis, who work as our truancy specialist for ROE 17. Both Jim and Steve are retired educators who work with families to remove barriers that keep kids from getting to school. Jim, Steve, welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Not a problem, Mark. Let's get started. Jim, can you kind of explain to our listeners that are not familiar with truancy or maybe have a preconception how truancy is actually defined? Well, truancy is defined as students who miss school have missed school 5% or more during whatever the current school year is. And so, but they have to be unexcused absences. So any student who misses, has 5% or more unexcused absences can then be referred to our office for as students who are chronic truants and are in need of resources and assistance from us. And so there are, so that's how we basically handle it. And then we encourage schools and when students reach that plateau, then if they've not already made interventions, they would refer them to us. Gotcha. Steve, can you kind of walk us through that process of the referral, how you get notified, Jim kind of alluded to it, and how you then kind of carry out and see a case through? The school will submit a referral to us, to our office, and then we will follow up with the school officials uh, to get some background information. We get an attendance report, and then our next step would be to make a home visit, make a phone call, but just to make contact with that family and find out, okay, what's going on in the home? Why isn't the student attending school like they should be? And then we try to come up with recommendations to try to help the family. The thing that I always tell the school too is that you have to do everything you can do to help that student. And when you get to a point where everything that you've done is not working, then do the referral to our office. And then we'll... we're a different voice, a different person. Hopefully we'll help that way. That's a good point. We do ask the schools to do their interventions as much as possible before they make that referral to us. Steve, to follow up on that, what are some of the most common barriers you see when it comes to truancy? One that stands out is that the student has school phobia, anxiety. That That's one that I've heard a lot the last two or three years. Another one is the fact that the parents The parents have created a situation in their home where they tell their student to do something and their student refuses, and then that's carried over to, I don't want to go to school today, and now the parent doesn't know what to do. I see a lot of that also where, you know, the parents will call and go, I cannot get my child to go to school. And it's interesting because I'll get a phone call from a parent and they'll say, I can't get my child to go to school, and they they don't even know who I am. And now they want a complete stranger to step in and get their child to school and it really doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. We, we have to give them tools to gain back that parental power that they have. There we go. That's a great point. Jim, um, what do you kind of recommend to parents or guardians that are having a hard time with what Steve kind of just described in terms of getting kids to school? What, what are so, what's some of the advice you give or strategies you give parents? If I could, can I back up the yeah. comment that Steve made? You asked sure. barriers. What I see is the barrier is we're dealing with most cases, not all cases, unemployed single parent household. So there's either, for, for me speaking, 
mostly it's females at home, unemployed, and there's no dad in the picture. Mm-hmm. For for me, that's a barrier because the, their biggest issue is finances. Yep. So I don't, I don't think I think the barriers they don't have a job. They're they're looking for support, and school ju- unfortunately just doesn't happen to be you know a, a top priority. They're just trying to put food on the table. They're trying to survive. They're trying to survive. But suggestions that I make depends on the age of the child. Sure. The younger the child, the less communication you can have with the child. It's just the parents got to step up and be a parent. Mm-hmm. When, a, when a kindergartner, first grader, second grader is not going to school, it's not the student. It's the mom or, and or dad, that's, whoever it happens to be. That's a great point. So we point. just try to give them some parenting tips that this is not an option. You need to go to school and you need to work with the school. A lot of the f- families, another obstacle would be, they don't communicate with the schools. They don't call the schools. They don't return calls from school. They just, they don't like school. And so for me, this is a barrier for the child. So we just try to, I try to work with the schools, work with me, be proactive. You got to be a parent, make sure they get to bed on time, get them up. You know, if you got to be on the bus at 730, you can't get them up at seven o'clock and Mm -hmm. expect them to get out the door. So just try to go through some basic parenting tips but then at the end of that there there's a hard stick of reality is it's your responsibility to get them to school so you got to get them out the door there you go there you go if we get to a point where we don't see results when we get Further down the road, after the cases have been referred to us, we do have a process that we leverage called a truancy review board. Can you kind of talk about what that looks like and, and who's involved on a TRB? The one thing I, I would say that once we get involved, I would say we have a positive impact on kids going to school. Now, we're not going to get every one of these kids to go that show improvement. But I would say from my, the students and families I deal with, a majority of the kids show improvement. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we're where we want to be, but, but they're, they're showing improvement. If they work with us, when I say us, the regional office and, and us as truancy specialists, if they work with us, we continue to monitor. If that fails, then in Livingston County, we do a truancy review board, which you are the, you sit in on as the chair. And so then we bring the families in, we bring the school reps in, and we bring in, we have other people to sit on that other board. Other service agencies. Other service agencies that have volunteered to be on that. And then we try to identify what's reasons for not going to school and provide recommendations to help improve that situation. Most cases, that works. And it stops there, and we go back to monitoring. If it doesn't, we could go to we go to another truancy hearing meeting, which is I think a 30-day follow-up. If that doesn't work in Livingston County, we do go to a pre-adjudication hearing, which means you meet with the state's attorney, and that meeting is basically where the state's attorney lays down what the consequences are going to be if you don't go to school. Mm-hmm. It's not a counseling session. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, why aren't you going to school? You got to go to school, and if you don't. Then we go to court. If that doesn't work, and it does, sometimes we do have to go the, to, to the extreme. Then we do. They do go to court, and they're provided a public defender, and and, and we take them to court. Gotcha. And the judge does impose some consequences, some and expectations that, yes. that that typically are directed to the parent, but could be directed to the student depending right. on the age right. and that. So, are we seeing a an increase, even for either one of you to answer, an increase in the type of reasons that kids are expressing? Steve mentioned just school anxiety. Is that the number one thing that you're seeing now, Steve? Or are there other 
reasons that that are given, whether they be perceived to be legitimate or not. I hear a lot of, I just don't want to go. I just don't want to go to school. I hear from parents, well, my child's being bullied. And then my next step is, have you communicated with the school about that? Because then they can take steps to stop it. But um, that I hear a lot of that, and it's the anxiety is is the big part. But uh, but also I think it also comes down to there's something going on in the home. Sure. And there's a there, kids want to go to school. There's a reason why that student doesn't want to go to school. And I found it, there has to be a reason. And I hear parents say, "Well, what's wrong with you?" That's not the question. They have to go back and look and see what has happened, what, what has changed to cause this student not to want to go to school every day and yeah. be, with, be with other kids. What event or series yeah. of events has triggered yeah. this? No, that's a great point. That's a great point. Well, gentlemen, I really want to thank you for your time today. Is there anything else you want to share around truancy? The McLean County TRB now is structured very similar to Livingston County. That's okay. it. That's it. It's almost right. I mean, we now have... We now will go after the 30-day review. We will sit down with the state's attorney. And they, she will, too. Great. And she will explain, okay, if you don't turn this around, we're going to go to Judge Costigan's, okay. his court, and then you're going to have to figure out what's going on there. Gotcha. So. A recommendation would be you have to, they're your students, mm-hmm. you need to you need to do whatever you can to get them to go to school. And when all else fails, you call, call us in. And we do have positive we do make a difference. Yep. We really do. It may not be the difference everybody wants. Right. But yeah. if a student misses 40 days when they refer to him in September and he missed 50 for a total for the end of the year, for me, that's that's, that's an improvement. That's they only a had tremendous. 10 days of yeah. absence. 10 more. That's a tremendous. More five months. 75% increase. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, you know, the other so. thing that I'd, I would like to add, too, is that I'm 73 years old when, when – when I was in school, and I was if I was a truant, which I was, it was, I skipped school. I mean, my mom thought, you're going to school. I, was, I wasn't. I was going you, fishing. You, you walked out the door. I walked and out she the thought door, you went to school. And I came back on time, and uh-huh. she goes, did you go to school? And I go, yeah, I was there. Uh-huh. But then the school kind. But yeah. that's not the way it is today. 99% of the families that we work with, when their kids aren't in school, they're with their, their parents know where they're at. They're at. Yep. They're sitting in the house. That's they know where they're at, and and in some cases they haven't called them in. Yeah, and that's also a challenge as well. Yeah, so, yeah. for our listeners, yes, these two gentlemen do carry a badge, do identify themselves. So it's not like the old movies you see where they're in a uniform or anything like that. But they do carry a badge just to identify themselves that they're truancy outreach workers. Uh, I do appreciate the work that they've put in for our office. Their experience as administrators has been invaluable. And along with Mary Diener, Mary couldn't join us today, but Mary's our third truancy interventionist that does the same work that Jim and Steve do, and they've done a great job for us. So thank you both, and that will conclude today's podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE 17 Pod. To learn more about ROE 17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE 17 Pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.